A few years ago, I finally got around to reading a book that had been on my to-read list for a few years, Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us by Daniel H. Pink. The book is based on scientific research by people like Edward D.C. and Richard Ryan, Carol Dweck, and Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, among others. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your ministry and teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. Before we dive in too deep, let's talk about what motivation is. Motivation is what drives us, what propels us forward, what challenges us to keep going. And in more formal terms, it's the quote, process that initiates, guides, and maintains goal-oriented behaviors, end quote. There are two types of motivation, intrinsic motivation, behavior that's driven by internal factors such as personal fulfillment and doing something for the sake of itself. The other type is extrinsic motivation, behavior that's driven by external factors such as money or recognition, rewards or fame. Both are a part of life, however. It's just important to know what makes them different and how to foster each type of motivation in their appropriate settings. For instance, extrinsic motivation is great for routine tasks and projects, where there's a clear system for doing things that are already in place. In contrast, quote, intrinsic motivation, the drive to do something because it's interesting or challenging and absorbing, is essential for high levels of creativity, end quote. You probably already have a pretty good handle on what external motivators look and feel like. Things like money and fame, notoriety, prizes, awards. So today, I want to spend a little time talking about intrinsic motivation. Here are my three biggest takeaways from DRIVE. Number one, intrinsic motivation has three components, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy is an innate desire to control your life. It doesn't mean being independent. It simply means acting with choice, as Daniel Pink describes. Intrinsic motivation develops when people have the opportunity to exercise choice in the work that they do, the way they use their time, the strategies and approaches that they use to accomplish their work. Those who have autonomy over their actions are going to be naturally more engaged and connected, and engagement leads to mastery. So mastery is an innate desire to learn. It's the pursuit of knowledge and achievement, the desire to challenge yourself and put forth effort to learn for the sake of learning. Teresa Amabile said, The desire to do something because you find it deeply satisfying and personally challenging inspires the highest levels of creativity, whether it's in the arts, sciences, or business. And as Daniel Pink observed, we are wired to be curious and self-directed. 
Based on the work of researcher Carol Dweck, we know that someone who is motivated by external factors favors performance goals over learning goals and disdains effort as a sign of weakness. In contrast, though, someone who's intrinsically motivated values learning goals over performance goals and welcomes effort as a way to improve at something that matters. Ultimately, Daniel Pink describes mastery as a way of thinking. He wrote, It requires the capacity to see your abilities not as finite, but as infinitely improvable. It demands effort, grit, and deliberate practice. And it's impossible to fully realize, which makes it simultaneously frustrating and alluring. The third element of intrinsic motivation is purpose. This is an innate desire to achieve something that's meaningful and lasting. This is the why behind what we do, why it matters, why it's worthwhile, why it counts for something. Purpose is working for something that's bigger than ourselves. Daniel Pink wrote, The richest experiences in our lives aren't when we're clamoring for validation from others, but when we're listening to our own voice, doing something that matters, doing it well, and doing it in the service of a cause that's larger than ourselves. The second thing I learned from this book was that rewards aren't always a good thing. Who doesn't love a good reward? How can this be a bad thing? It's not that rewards are inherently bad. In fact, like I mentioned earlier, they can actually be a great motivator in certain settings. But the truth is that rewards narrow our focus. That's helpful when there's a clear path to a solution, as Pink noted, but rewards help us stare ahead and race faster. An if-then motivator is actually terrible for something that requires any kind of creativity because it limits our perspective and our ability to think outside the box. We're trying just to get to the finish line so we can get the reward, so we're less likely to spend some time exploring or experimenting with new creative ideas. An if-then motivator is something that you'll earn or receive if you accomplish a certain task. If you do this, then you'll get that. So in certain circumstances, as Pink noted, rewards can not only, quote, limit the breadth of our thinking, but they can also reduce the depth of our thinking, end quote. When this happens, we tend to see only what's right in front of us or whatever gets us to that reward, rather than having a broader perspective or thinking in more creative, innovative ways. Daniel Pink wrote, Many people work only to the point that triggers the reward, and then they'll stop, won't go any further. So if students get a prize for reading three books, many won't pick up a fourth one, let alone embark on a lifetime of reading. Maybe you've seen this in the children that you teach each week. An intense focus on extrinsic rewards can deliver fast results, but the trouble is the approach is much more difficult to sustain, which thus leads to a sudden drop in motivation once the reward has been handed over. There's no more incentive to keep going or keep trying. So a solution. You can turn if-then rewards into now-that rewards. So you can still give out rewards, but just don't make it contingent on the completion of a certain task. Instead, 
Daniel Pink advises that any extrinsic reward should be unexpected and offered only after the task is complete as kind of a surprise. So you can use it as a reward of good effort or focused work or creative thinking, but not that the student or the children know that it's coming and that they're working for the reward. Another thing to consider is non-tangible rewards. Social psychologist Edward D.C. noted that positive feedback can have an enhancing effect on intrinsic motivation. So a few ideas for this. Try giving specific feedback that praises effort and strategy rather than outcome. Offer praise as feedback one-on-one rather than in front of a group of people. And third, offer praise only when it's merited. Be careful not to overdo this. The third thing I learned from the book Drive was that intrinsic motivation can be developed over time. We can develop it in ourselves. We can develop it in those we teach. So here are a few things to think about. Consider ways to flip those if-then rewards into now-that ones that are more surprising. If you're assigning work to be done at home, ask yourself these questions. Does the learner have autonomy over how and when to do the assigned work? Does this project promote mastery by offering a new and creative approach to a skill or a concept? And does the learner recognize the purpose and greater value of the assignment? Think about other ways to focus on effort and emphasize the learning process over any achievement or outcome. Sometimes it's more about the journey than the destination. Am I right? Daniel Pink wrote, you don't have to be flawless each day. Instead, just look for small measures of improvement. When it comes to learning music, this looks like intentional practice and lots of repetition, asking for and receiving feedback, focusing on the most challenging spots, It's about learning to make music for the sake of itself and finding personal fulfillment in that more than the small rewards and the prizes that you earn along the way. Have you read Daniel Pink's book? If so, I would love to hear your thoughts. How do you foster the development of intrinsic motivation in those you teach? Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu and at ashleydanublog on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the series and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear more of in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.